You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with David McCollum. Hey, everybody. So, David, tell me a little bit about yourself and if you want, what you do professionally. I, uh, I'm actually, my full-time job is not the hot sauce company. Uh, I am a sales manager for a Subaru dealership. You sell in the Subarus? That's correct. Now, I think Subarus are like, one of the best cars for like all terrain because you can get basically out of anything, even in the snow with that, with that all wheel drive. Good car to be outdoors in for sure. Now, when I think of a salesman for a car dealership, I always think of that one movie where they're trying to sell cars on the lot. And the guy's like, well, I don't want you to buy the car. Then he's like, okay, okay. It just walks away. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got, I got a nice deal for you. <laughs> yep. I, I'm sure car salesmen, they have a kind of a negative connotation, no matter how, uh, how, how anyone perceives them, they're, they're not like that. You get paid off commission, right? Yeah, yep, that's how it goes. Does that make it like kind of difficult? Like, cause this comes into the aspect of where you make your hot sauce as well as the fact is you have to be good at selling things. I mean, you know, what do they say? Robin Williams always said like, uh, he could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Like you have to be, up, you have to be kind of tricky, but also very, very like believable and very, very a good conversationalist, I would say. Yeah, I think sales these days is just being more authentic and being yourself and genuinely believing in what you're selling. So how do you typically try and sway a customer? If I'm coming up to you right now and I'm looking for a car, how would you typically find me one? I mean, I'd ask you a lot of questions about what you're looking for. It's more about what you want that what I'm trying to sell. You know what I mean? So I'd ask you a lot of questions and I try to point you in the direction to the car that fits you the best. Okay. But what types of questions are we talking about? Give me a run through here. Cause I'm thinking first thing I'm going to come up to you and say is I'm looking for a car. It has to have heated seats. You're like heated seats. I'm like, look, it gets cold in the winter and I like my cheeks to be warm. Yeah, man. <clears throat> uh, that's, that's a common thing, and that is a question. You know, what kind of accessories do you want on it? How many people are you going to be driving around? How many members do you have in your family? Are you carrying a lot of cargo? Do you want a big car with a lot of cargo space? Or you want a little car that's gas efficient that you're just you know, you're commuting back and forth to work in? So those kind of questions usually get us to, to where we want to make a recommendation on a vehicle. And then, um, like for me, I would say like, I want a two seater car. Um, even though I have six kids, I just want to be able to stuff them in the back, like where the trunk is. That happens. People, people do that. And it, you, again, you kind of have to say, you know, I don't think that's, I understand what you want, but it may not fit best for what you need. So it's like that. And, uh, oh, Subarus kind of sell themselves too. You know, it's, uh, the brand sells itself. So we don't have to do a lot of work in that respect. Well, it's like a trustworthy car. Like, I mean, I got gifted my, uh, I drive a Kia Soul. It's a little square kind of car. And sadly, it's the, it's the color of baby barf, I would say. Um, 
but like it's interesting because my insurance company keeps calling me or like the car dealership and they're like there's been a uh i guess uh what is it when they uh bring in a recall on your car and i was wondering why and it turns out that the year kia that i have a lot of them have exploded while driving so like I have people warning me, like, you need to go back. You need to turn in your car. I'm like, look, if it happens when I turn the heat on, it happens, okay? I don't really have time to go all the way, like, two states over to a Kia dealership. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And it's probably a very isolated thing. If a manufacturer sent out a, a recall notice, then they know how to fix it. And if they, if they didn't and they knew about something like that, they would likely, they would take the car back. Uh, by their recommendation, not yours. Well, it's even like looking at any dealership in general. They're just difficult to deal with, at least in my experiences and what I've seen, like what we all get influenced by on TV. I mean, half the time, it's like some dude that's like, I'm going to sell you this car. It's like, but I don't want that car. It's like, but it's good. You're going to be fast. You're gonna look, you know how badass you would look in that Ferrari? And the guy's like, I'm a grandpa. I have a bunch of little grandchildren that are over all the time. And you're like, oh, stuff them in the back. It's like, wait a minute hang on a second that's that's why it's interesting and you mentioned before like kind of get a little bit of a bad rep on it too but i think that's a lot of what gets played on like the sleazy salesman on tv which is not true i i agree i think over time and not so much modern day but back you know 30 years ago uh car salesmen gave themselves a bad reputation by doing that kind of thing uh so yeah and it, and it followed the industry you know, all the way to, to modern day, where people think that car salesmen are the bottom feeders of the job marketplace. I mean, the, the slimiest of the slimy, but it's not true. Well, that's like salesmen in general, everybody gives them a bad kind of look or a really kind of stereotypical view because of the fact is they have to go and they basically bother you when they do go and sell something from a door to door salesman that's trying to really just, you know, get you know, his job done, you see him as like encroaching onto your territory. And then you go to a car dealership and you have in mind what you want. And you think immediately that this person's going to haggle you into something that you don't want. And it's, it's been all a giant influence of just where we've gone through it without history, without movies, you know, you go into a car dealership and go, let me give you this, uh, convertible mustang you're like but i just want this minivan it's like no, no 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 trust me i know what you want and then the next thing you know you see the dude drive through a bunch of bushes and out in the oncoming traffic <laughs> right I, i'll tell you my staff that i hire none of them i think one of them one of eight salespeople, actually had sales experience so i kind of look for people that don't have sales experience so that they don't bring those bad habits along if that makes sense well, even like, I'm pretty good at talking to people and pretty good at like figuring out where to go with things, especially in like in a conversation type style. Um, I know you don't want to sit here and talk about your job the whole time, but the whole factor is like, there are people out there that have a certain skill. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but there are people out there that are pretty good at talking with people, pretty good at understanding people and getting a good read on them. And those are destined people to be salespersons, in my opinion, or at least marketing people. You know, like even what you do, like your job reflects into your own kind of endeavor with your hot sauce company. Like the whole factor is it's all about advertising. It's about finding the right fit. You know, you're going to have two groups of people that are going to want to buy hot sauce. You got people that are going to want to buy it for flavor and you're going to have people that want to buy it because they want to die. You know, they want to burn the shit out of themselves, that whole thing. And it becomes really conflicted because that's where you start to range out your various types of sauces. 
you know, your different flavors, your different combinations, um, because you want to sell it to the public, um, which is going to be a taste factor because basically 80% of the public wants a hot sauce that's going to be good on their food. Um, you have that extra 20% that's just looking at it like, I want to do this challenge. I want to stick this bottle up my nose and snort it, that whole thing, you know? Yeah, and I think you're right in that respect. Uh, there, and, and we don't, I don't cater so much to that far end uh, of, uh, you know, the, the person that's really looking to, to hurt themselves. But we don't really have a product like that. I mean, we've got a couple really hot ones. But my goal is always to keep that dial right in between uh, where you, it gets so hot that it, it loses its good taste. So that's, uh, you know, that's kind of where we, we level off without getting it too hot. And some people, uh, they might try our hottest sauces and say, yeah, it's not hot enough for me. And I get it. Uh, we, don't have, we don't have a sauce uh, for necessarily everybody, but we have one for most everyone. Well, even like the extreme sauces too, like ordering off Heatnist or something.com getting like the last dab wasn't hot to me, but you know, what's hot to me. I went to Walmart and picked up that El Valentino thing. That one giant bottle of sauce. That's like everywhere. I picked up the, like the regular version and the extra hot that hit me. I don't even know. I didn't know how I felt like I was a baby. Like it, I was like, damn, this is actually hot. And I'm like, I can handle the last dab, but I can't handle a Walmart 139 for like a gallon thing of this. That's funny. Yeah. I, so they're, they're uh, again, everyone's taste buds are different and everyone reacts to, to tolerance of capsaicin differently. It, it amazes me to see uh, people out there like Johnny Scoville or the UK Chili Queen, you know, eating 50 Reaper peppers doesn't seem human to me. That doesn't seem like something that anyone could do, but they do it. Those people can handle the hot, hot stuff. I am what, I mean, I've been involved in the chili community, but I'm probably the only one that doesn't make a hot sauce or eat peppers, like for like a YouTube or something. I've just kind of been involved with talking to you guys so many. I mean, shout out to Two Angry Cats who sponsors the podcast and Silk City Hot Sauce, Jeff Levine. Um, they make some good flavors of sauces too. I mean, the combinations, I think people are just looking for something that's extraordinary, something that is different from what we're used to that's always commonly placed on the table i mean if you go to any household everybody has tabasco okay that's like the one hot sauce everybody just knows because it's so shoved in your face and involved in every single restaurant that they've capitalized the market is you know you knowing that same thing with like folgers coffee but then we look at some sauces like um jeff makes one that's has like a smoke flavor to it that's different that's extraordinary in my opinion from what we're so used to and it brings up a good question like what was your first sauce and how many different flavors do you have so we started the way hot sauce company 20 years ago and it came about i think like a lot of hot sauce companies do where we were growing habanero peppers we we planted some plants to make salsa and things like that well, you know, you can, you can heat up salsa with a couple habanero peppers. And, and I had pounds and pounds of them, bushel baskets full uh, off of these plants. And I said, uh, man, alive, we, th there's more of these than we could ever use. 
And uh, I always did like hot sauce. It wasn't like I just came up with an idea and said, hey, let's just whip these into some sauce. I collected uh, collected sauces for a long time before that. You were being resourceful. Imagine if you were growing all those habanero peppers and then you're like, I'm going to make a hot sauce company. So you have to go and order ghost chili peppers instead of using habaneros. It's like, dude, it's in your backyard. You're like, I don't like to use them. Yeah. So uh, in any case, we did that. I And like I say, I had a hot sauce collection. People would go on vacation. They would uh, grab a couple bottles, one for me to eat and one to keep for the collection. And at some point, I think I had maybe 300 bottles or so. And it started taking over the house. And I said, I, I can't keep collecting these. This is crazy. It's fun. But It's literally like if you're a kid and there's Pokemon cards or Yu-Gi-Oh cards or you had a favorite car and you bought another one of the same type. Like I have hot sauce bottles sitting in my studio right now from Jeff, from Silk City, from Harmon Heat, from uh you know two angry cats like they're sitting there they're cool to look at they're like little collectors like that's my favorite part about hot sauce is the design on the bottle it is uh, uh the the labels are great i love silk city's uh labels i like their logo and the, and the stuff they do uh it's like craft beer it's the same kind of thing you know you can you could peruse an aisle and, and you can just buy cans of beer or bottles of beer based on the labels you know skulls and and reapers and, and crazy stuff. And you say, Hey, I'm going to try this one. It might be, it might not taste good, but you buy it for the label. Yours is a little bit more different. I would say, I mean, just looking at it, I'm like, this isn't, this isn't like a, you know, to insult you or anything. It's actually a good thing. It's kind of basic because it reminds me of the stories of, um, I used to read diary of a wimpy kid, like when I was in school. So immediately I saw that I thought about that. Like I thought about the cartoon, like little um, sketch drawings in a book. And it was so interesting to me because there's nothing super flashy about it, but it's a good logo. That's, uh, that's right. And uh, well, back to what I was saying, where we started the hot, hot sauce company 20 years ago, it kind of went to the wayside uh, for many years and we fired it back up here uh, last year. So we've only been back up and running uh, coming up on a year now but I thought about redesigning that that logo and how the label looked on the bottle and I did tweak it a little bit but when I ran it past people and compared it to the old one everyone said just keep it that way and because it's simple and it looks like a kid did it it's got like a child's writing on it and uh and it looks like a, a kid drew that cartoon and I would leave it that way. And I, and I took their advice and I, I have left it the, the original way. I mean, that's interesting too, because I think you're walking down an aisle right now. Let's, it's me and you. We're walking hand in hand, okay? We're going to do this together. We're, we're, we're disobeying the six-foot rule that's going on, okay? We're going to walk hand in hand down the aisle and we look and we start looking at hot sauces. What's the first thing you start to notice about the hot sauce labels on every single bottle? Yeah, it's like I said, I think a lot of them are... Uh, they're all attuned to death and destruction, exactly. fire, brimstone, skulls. It's got to have something that makes you feel like you're in the pits of hell or something. Like you just yeah. walk down Satan's um, spice cabinet or something. I'm like, come on now. Like we see skulls upon skulls and like, let's, let's picture an 80-year-old woman walking down the aisle. Is she going to grab something that has a skull on it? Is a mother of three or four kids uh, that are like maybe 10 or 11 years old going to grab a hot sauce that has skulls on it? 
No, they're going to look for something that's not super crazy and doesn't give their kid nightmares, you know? And that's what's interesting about your bottle is because like I always talk about like there's one that's kind of bland, but it's so bland that you have to pick it up and know that it's hot just because it's like there's not a whole lot flashy going on because you let your sauce speak for itself. But it's also something a kid's going to see and he's going to be like, whoa, what's this? And they're going to grab it and they're going to look at that logo. I mean, he's got a lazy eye, I would say. It's pretty interesting. All right. Well, Hopefully a kid wouldn't get a hold of uh, something like Love at First Sting, which is uh, Trinidad Maruga Scorpion Sauce, because it, it might put the hurt on them. I, I was that kid. Understood, dude. yeah. I was that kid. <laughs> They'd be like, don't eat that. I'm like, what? I've already drank the whole bottle. You're like, you're going to be in a world of hurt. I'm like, let's do this thing. That's my kind of kid. It's literally like when your parents say, like, be careful when you drink a Slurpee, and you're like, okay, yeah, sure. And then you drink, you're like, brain freeze, and then, like, you're pounding your head, basically, for it to go away. And then, like, when it's over, you're like, man, wow, that was the most pain I've ever experienced in my life. And then you go right back to doing it right again. You got another brain freeze. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's how capsaicin works. I think a lot of people are always going after that. It's like cocaine, that first high you ever got they say you always chase that trying to trying to recreate it but you, your tolerance goes up so it's tough to ever get there again yeah it's uh strange too like you see people eat pepper challenges and i come on to ask you what's your best hot sauce experience like whether it was a certain memory that sticks out into your head i don't know probably as as recently as the past year when uh, I've put together um, Love It for a Sting or Grim Ripper Sauce and, and tried it for myself, you know, taking a, a full spoonful and just thought, oh, holy mackerel, this is going to the other side. Like I, you know, it's, it's like an out-of-body experience. It's that next uh, dimension sauce, I would say. That, <laughs> Correct. that really makes me want to try that because all right so what flavors exactly are we talking about here you say love at first sting so immediately like I, when you read off your flavors here i want to hear them all i'm gonna i'm gonna i want you to kind of let me answer what i think is in it and then tell me what the ingredients are so you say love at first sting immediately i think you added honey to it because of a bee um and maybe like some cherries because cherries usually are associated with like love you know when you get that valentine's day chocolate or something so love it for sting uh the the logo the little character is holding a scorpion so the pepper used in that sauce is a trinidad maruga scorpion pepper um maybe not quite as hot as a reaper but plenty hot and that sauce has got uh, garlic in it. Um, it's got red bell pepper. So to try to balance that heat, again, turning that dial, uh, trying to get a little sweet from the red bell pepper and uh, that garlic gives a little savory uh, to it. But that is hot stuff, man. And like I say, there are some people out there that would eat that and say, this really isn't that hot. Uh, I'm not one of them. I love hot stuff and I can eat it really hot, but that stuff is hot and it will, it will get you. I always, uh, a buddy of mine, he, he loves the sauces and he says, you need to use this slogan, respect the sauce, because if you lose respect and you start getting, uh, you're getting a little too loose with it, or it will put the hurt on you. 
Yeah, I've, I've made that mistake before too. Harmon Heat, um, shout out to him, sent me a thing called Devil's Dust. I have no idea what is in it, but I looked at it and I was like, this looks like cayenne pepper. So I do what I usually do with cayenne where I dump half the bottle on something, but I took a giant spoonful of it and put it in my mouth. I swear to God, I knocked out a molar. Like it hit me that hard. Like I was like, oh, oh, whoa. Like you could feel it yeah. burning the lining of your throat, working its way down to your digestive tract. I mean, it's good if you want to do a cleanse, but I don't recommend it. That's funny. That That is, yeah, that's how it goes. Well, where did you come up with the idea for Love It First Sting? Like just besides the ingredients that you put into it, but like where did you get the idea for the ingredients? Like were you walking around, you know, the produce aisle and started thinking of what would go together well? More and more I've been thinking about the complexity of, of the hot sauces that we make because they are, they are not. Our product line use simple, straightforward ingredients and I think that's part of what makes them good. Uh, I, I like uh, all of the 10 sauces we make personally. I, I eat them all on everything that, uh, that I eat uh, all the time. But I do love to eat other sauces as well. I've got a whole refrigerator uh, full of the competition. And, and I mean, I always say you have to try great sauce to make great sauce. So, uh, but thinking more and more about the complexity um, of what goes into them, I, I think uh, our strategy is just to keep it simple so you don't have uh, a lot of different ingredients overriding each other. Um, this coming year, we're going to come out with four new sauces, and I know what they're going to be, and I'm not going to tell you because it's going to be a secret. But uh, we'll, we're going to roll them out later this year um, when uh, we can get our hands on uh, the fresh and insanely rare stuff that we're going to use. But again, not a lot of complexity, trying to keep it kind of simple. And, uh, and I think that's the strategy, if you will, that we're going to pick all to. Like a dinner table sauce, one that you can have on the dinner table that's not going to kill grandma. You know what I mean? have some that'll kill grandma but uh not granny again, we have not granny <laughs> got 10 different ones so you can go all the way down to the, the the person that doesn't like hot stuff at all and that would be like the jalapeno in your head sauce or rock and red okay hold on you taught me those are table sauces so far we've seen love at first sting or is that that's what it's called right Yep. So yeah. So that's the what's the what's Maruga scorpion sauce. What's the second sauce? Well, I, I I mean again, ten sauces. So if you want me to start from mild, I would go with jalapeno in your head. Okay, jalapeno that in your a, head. I all right. So I'm gonna guess here. You got jalapenos in there, and I'm do you do you incorporate fruit in all your sauces or no? No, nope. That one does not have any fruit. So in that it. one's just probably straight jalapeno, maybe some um, onion or something in it. Uh, no onion. There's yellow bell pepper in it. Again, some garlic. Uh, I think most of our sauces have garlic in them. They do. Yeah. So kind of a staple to, to each of them because it, it gives you that savory, even the fruit sauces. I mean, sweet, but a little savory at the same time. Well, garlic's flavor profile, like if you ever eat a clove of garlic by itself, it's a little bit of brash, but it, it kind of has a little bit of a dry kind of like taste to it a little bit. Um, there's a good flavor there, but it's very, very kind of like brash and dry. So that incorporating into a hot sauce really 
hits it with that heat flavor, makes it a little bit dry. I mean, when you do a hot sauce and it feels like you're drinking like soup or something, like a watered down sauce like Tabasco is. But if you have a really good hot sauce, it should have that like, you, you can feel the heat factor to it, which comes from that dryness. I think you're right. Yeah, that's, that, that's correct. Now, what, what's the next sauce down the road? So then rock and red. Uh, jalapeno in your head is a green jalapeno sauce, so a verde type sauce. Rock and red is a red jalapeno sauce. So uh, that it's a it's a little deeper, uh, I think, in the in its in its flavor, uh, and it's not not hot. Uh, it's something to equate it to uh, something that everyone sees in the grocery store, like Frank's Red Hot, something like that. It makes me think of uh, the Rocket Pops that you would get as an ice cream. Like the ice cream man would come up, he'd be like, "Let me get a Rocket Pop." <laughs> it doesn't taste anything like that, but uh, the name maybe right reminds me. Rock and red is kind of like uh, like rock and roll. Rock and roll. So I should snort that and then go on stage. That's it. That's the one. I like it. Then uh, up from there is is a fruit sauce. Uh, maybe the next step up, and it's called Manzano pepper. Uh, crashes the papaya party we just call it papaya party so it's got papaya in it and manzano peppers manzanos are not really hot they're not crazy hot they have really thick walls they almost look like a miniature bell pepper um maybe heat like a jalapeno but really juicy a lot of uh when you grind a manzano you get a lot out of it because of the thick walls to it They've got some crazy. I only mention hot sauces that I like on this podcast that I like and I consume myself because I would never tell anybody a, a sauce that's good if I've never tried it, which I really like about like what you're talking about. Like you try all your own sauces and everything. And I've liked the different flavor combinations because they hit you on different types of moods. You probably have a day where you're like, I want a really, really hot hot sauce. Or you have a day where you're like, I don't want it to be too hot. I want something that's going to be enjoyable. And that's like the benefit of having so many different flavors. I mean, you have 10 to work with. So people literally have a range of things to go to. Man, you've really hit the nail on the head. That is true. I've got them lined up in my refrigerator door, and depending on the day, like I'll say, oh, I don't want to put the hurt on myself today. Maybe some rock and red uh, on these chicken nuggets would be good and, and play it that way. But there are some days when I say, it's time. It's time to put the hurt on. Uh, yeah, like if you're sick or going, if you're going through something like an extreme cold, you're just like, I want to cleanse it out of me. So I'm going to dump a whole thing of this super hot hot sauce on it. I mean, I don't know about you, but – for me, every time I try something that's super, super hot, my nose starts running. You know, I got to get a tissue and blow my nose out. It's clearing out my sinuses. I'm like, look, it's clearing out all the bad stuff. You see that yellow goo right there? What's that look like to you? It's like looking up at a cloud and trying to figure out what it is. It's medicinal. Uh, I use it for that in the same way you do. I mean, if I'm feeling a little under the weather, I uh, hit it hard and try to burn it out of myself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, they say that you can drink alcohol to kill the things inside of you, but I just prefer to drink a nice bottle of uh, hot sauce. <laughs> that's great. I think Charlie Sheen said it best in a episode of Two and a Half Men um, when he was explaining alcohol. They're like, why do you drink it if it, if it, if it, if it burns so much? It's like, because I have things inside of me I need to kill. And I was like, that's, a, that's perfect. <laughs> right. All right, so moving on 
papaya party, hot but sweet from the papaya. The next, uh, the next one up is our habanero sauce. Habanero in your head. That was the original sauce that we made uh, with all those habaneros in the garden way back when. So that's kind of the OG of the way hot sauce company. That's the original. It would be that would be a perfect name if you could somehow get your sauce to give people like when you do a slurpee and you get a brain freeze, but a heat like a heat wave like in your head where you feel like you're getting hot flashes, like you're going through menopause or something. That would be perfect to be that that name would fit so well. It's like, am I having a stroke? I smell burnt toast. <laughs> that is why uh, that is why I named it that. That's exactly it because you feel that heat going up into your head. Get, you know, catching your brain on fire. I want someone to get a couple peppers that you would find in like the Sahara Desert and just make a sauce that's yellow, call it Sahara Sunrise. And you're like, why? Because I just like the naming aspect of hot sauces. If it's fun to say, I'm going to try it. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something to the name uh, of, of every sauce out there. Like I'll look at some of them and say, man, I wish I had to come up with that. Well, you got good names for them too. Some thought goes into it. The next one, uh, beyond habanero, is uh, is a new one uh, that we came out with when we fired the company back up, and is Island Fever. Island Fever is yellow Scotch bonnet sauce with pineapple. So it's and it's hot. It's got some heat behind it, but it's sweet heat. So it's it's you've got that uh, sweet front end. And then you feel the heat kind of come in the back. Yeah, I tossed out a recipe idea when I had Caesar's smoking hot sauce um, on. He's actually in the process of making it by using uh, ghost peppers that he uses as an original sauce. And I tossed out the ingredients of incorporating pineapple and something like a little bit of coconut. Because what you start to notice about the flavor profiles of the pepper is the perfect lineup for the ingredients. If you think what goes in a jalapeno, what do we have that's very, very popular that you can get at any restaurant? Jalapeno poppers. They include cheese in them. So incorporate a little bit of that into your sauce too. Give people what that experience is. It might not be something new, but it's something that they remember. Yeah, right. I, I, I saw Caesar smoking sauce uh, recently on social media, uh, and it looked like that was something new. It's always well he's done the same recipe for 15 something years and he hasn't thought of another flavor so he's been trying to think of a new one i mean him been brainstorming i mean i love it because like i'm too lazy to make hot sauce myself but i always have that inner fat kid that's looking for ideas of what to make and what to throw together because you just got to understand how food works i mean i studied nutrition for a while and i'm just looking at everything and trying to think of what goes together well and what doesn't go together well because sometimes there's things that you would think that don't go together well really do yeah i think there's something to that for sure uh, a lot of a lot of unlikely uh pairings come up from things like that that you would never uh you'd never think they would go together now, do you get a heat wave or do you get hit in the middle of the night with like something like this of inspiration to create a new sauce or does it randomly just kind of come to you or have you been kind of thinking it over in your head a while? No, I, I think uh, the former is what happens. I'll wake up uh, and say, hey, now that I got to I got to write this down so I don't forget when morning comes. But uh, they are those kind of aha moments where uh where they just kind of 
hit me out of the blue and, uh, and not sitting and contemplating too much. Uh, they're not all good ideas. Sometimes I'll be hit with an idea and then when I try it out and you know, do some experimentation with it, it, it turns out, yeah, that's not a thing. But uh, it, it, is, it is cool when something hits you like that and it works out. Well, you, you said it best yourself, right? It was about experiencing other hot sauces too. You trying so many, it's expanding out your flavor profile. I mean, if you're a chef and you only make your own food and you eat only your own stuff, you don't go out to a restaurant, you don't go out experience new flavors, you're never going to get better because you're never going to know um, different types of styles, different types of flavoring. It's the same thing with hot sauce. You live off nothing but tobacco and try and, or not tobacco, oh, good God, that'd be terrible in a hot sauce, but Tabasco. And you try and just eat that all day long and not experience anybody else's flavors, not experience another pepper, not experience another fruit that could be thrown in. You're not going to truly get better because you're not going to know what else to make. You're going to be like, I'm going to include grapefruit and, uh, toe wax into this hot sauce it's going to be amazing i don't think that would work but watch somebody prove me wrong yeah no i think that's insightful uh what you're saying because it's true i uh i'll do some swaps with some different uh hot sauce companies out there and there are people out there doing just the same kind of thing that we do they're small batch they're they're not uh, mass produced and they're some of the best sauces I've had. And I get those and I say, man, that's really great. I love that stuff. I think it also comes down to when you're making hot sauce too, like there's a giant marketing aspect that's really, very important, especially when you make a product. I mean, with marketing and all the things you have with social media, how have you kind of changed it to kind of stick out in the audience's eye a little bit? Well, that there's something to be said for that because there's – there's probably more than 1 million hot sauce companies out there. I mean, everyone makes hot sauce. So you're correct. If you, if you can't stand out, uh, even superficially on social media, say, then no one will even give you a try. So you could have the best hot sauce out there. But if, uh, if the way you present it to the public uh, doesn't come across well, no one's ever going to get a chance to try how good it is. So I, I always try to think of something crazy, a little different. Um, maybe edgy isn't a good word, but certainly not the norm. And I mean, for maybe for a younger crowd, it, it's, it's not that crazy. But certainly we're talking about uh, a grandma. Some people might look at the stuff I put out there and say, that's not appropriate or or that isn't I don't get that that's craziness what are you what are you putting out there though with that a grandma's gonna say that's 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 outrageous are you doing like somebody doing like a line of hot sauce off like a stripper or something I'm curious now because like maybe that's <laughs> that's not that's not a bad idea thanks for the uh for the idea you want to do some no, like <laughs> you want to do some good <laughs> advertising with hot sauce I mean all you need is like an El Camino or a badass muscle car and one dude getting out of the car all badass just showing the label off or something I mean when it comes to marketing hot sauce there's a different way everybody does it depending on what their strengths are so, I mean, you're a salesman. You should be selling it as, you know, some, you know what the people want. You got to prioritize who you're selling to. Of course, of course. Uh, for example, I did throw up a social media post. It was just a girl in a bikini 
Uh, you couldn't see her face. It was just a body shot. And I said, gratuitous bathing suit or swimsuit shot. But uh, I, I don't think I got a lot of good feedback about that. You know, I mean, people say like, I don't know if they, they said it to me, but they're probably thinking, well, you're a misogynist womanizer, and I'm not. It's, it's, See, just, it's comedy. Can, comedy. Can, it's, that's the problem, because I'm a big comedy fan, and I'm really sick and tired of people that really think it's an attack on them, like a feminist thing or something. I'm like, we're just people, and a joke is meant to be a joke. I mean, if you look at comedy nowadays, it's just comedians making fun of themselves because it's too – scary to make fun of an audience member but it's safe to make fun of yourself and say you have like a small dick or you have this wrong with you or oh one time i did this and it's it's self-deprecating comedy which is what it is now but like even making like if you're selling a hot sauce if you put kate upton eating that hot sauce or whatever or putting it on something it's the whole reason why i bought hot pockets so much she was in a hot pocket commercial and i swear to god i bought that thing religiously yeah yeah there's a lot of truth to that uh you can't say anything uh that's even slightly not politically correct without getting barbecued uh and and it, it could be the the end of of the company it could be the end of of your reputation so uh, carefully. You can't say barbecued. We're in a freaking hot sauce podcast. What are you talking about? You got to say like get, gets you smoked out or something. There you go. <laughs> get you burned. Yeah. That? Scorched earth. You, you, I mean, you. That's right. when we talk about social media too, though, like it's very interesting how it can help and hurt you in so many ways, depending on what's going on in the world. Like if something is like severe going on, usually you're probably not going to get a whole lot of social media when it comes to it. Um, and people aren't going to get offended when they see somebody in a hot sauce or in a really like kind of skimpy clothing, I would say, you know, enjoying a bottle of it as like a free promo or something. But like when it's all comfortable and we're not like worried about anything, we're just bored out of our minds. It's so easy to go on attack, which makes it difficult because Social media is one of the most interesting things because it's a great place to sell stuff. It's a great place to get attention. It's a great place to build up followers, especially if you're a small entrepreneur like yourself. That's, that's probably where we get the most exposure. So, uh, you know, without that, because I have a, I mean, the company's dynamic is not to be in every store everywhere. In fact, um, I, I had that 20 years ago, I had distribution. Um, we were in supermarkets, uh, chains, and this is a handmade product. It's small batch. And I like to control the quality by not mass producing it. So getting natural ingredients, typically I try to source that stuff locally. Doing that on a grand scale is tough for everyone. Uh, anyone doing it um, will run into those kind of sourcing issues. So when we fired the company back up, I, I talked to my wife about it and I said, I don't want to be in stores. Uh, I want to market it through our own website. We can put it out on Amazon, but I don't want to be in stores. And, and part of it is a store. When you sit down with a buyer for a store, they say, um, we'll take it. We'll we'll put it on our shelves. We want it, and we'll we'll buy uh, 300 cases uh, of 12 bottles in a case right out of the gate. 
and you think, man, this is great until they say, we'll pay you 50 cents a bottle for it. Now that isn't great. Someone wants to, uh, you know, cause they're going to resell it and they've got to make money doing it. So that might be an exaggeration, 50 cents a bottle, but certainly they, what they will try to buy it from you for maybe less than what you have in it. And, and you, that's not making money. Uh, that's not, uh, I mean, I do, I make hot sauce because it's a passion and I love it. And making money of it's a benefit to it too. I mean, of course. would you say the problem is the whole money-making aspect in hot sauce? Obviously, it's not going to be like, you know, even after a long time, it's not going to be something it's, that you're going to be doing it because, you know, you're making bank off of it just because of the way the world works. People are more interested in like different things, you know what I mean, when it comes to like technology or something. But like you see the same crap. And the most obvious way of marketing, which I always kind of recommend too, because it's just a simple, easy answer and it's a template that no one ever wants to work off something a little bit different. That's finding like if if I was making hot sauce, first thing I would do is I'd look up sauce reviewers. I'd look up popular people in the hot sauce eye and I'd send them a bottle. But that doesn't benefit you if you're doing that to people, which I'm pretty sure you probably sent people bottles to try for free to get some exposure. I see it on everybody's hot sauce page. They have a story or something. It's like somebody trying their hot sauce. Let everybody know, like, this guy likes it. You should buy it. But you don't really see a lot of sale increase from that only because it, people just – I don't know what it is. It's, it's very hard for people to buy a product online um, because they can go to a store and get one kind of the same a little bit easier. But it's not the same though. It's a different flavor profile. I can't get two Angry Cats hot sauce on, in a store where I live. I can't get Silk City's hot sauce in a store where I live. And they're good sauces. I look at the sauce like from at Walmart and I look at it and I'm like – this Tabasco motherfucker. Like, I'm like, you are just, you're dominating the market, but people don't know what to expand their taste out. And it sucks because someone like you, David, that's making sauce, that's sending bottles out to people, you're not seeing any really increase in sales. They're just getting free shit. That's, that's right. I mean, they're, and I, I am careful to, you know, someone will say, hey, send me a bottle and I'll put a post up on social media and I'll promote it. And I'll say what you just said. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that and I'm all about it, but that typically isn't going to help me so much. I'm not going to, I'm not going to reap a, a, a ton of sales out of someone doing that. Um, and I do, I, you know, I, we came up with a, a one ounce sample bottle of each of the 10 sauces for that purpose. Someone says, hey, man, send me a, a bottle and try it out. I'll send them a couple of those little one-ounce bottles. And one ounce is more than you think. Uh, I've seen those little Tabasco bottles, and those are not one ounce. I think those are like a third of an ounce or something. But in an ounce, you could have enough to, to put on a meal and try it out and get a good idea of what it tastes like. It's, it's a good enough um, volume in that little bottle. And I'll send those out like you say, but I'm not getting a lot of play from that. It's the same thing you see up Instagram pages. I've seen a few of them now. People that just start up an Instagram page called sauce review or send me your sauces or something and I'll review them. And I'm like, you have 20 followers. There's no way a company is going to see that and want to send it to you. 
it's not about you know being too popular to send some small person uh hot sauce it's about you're not really getting anything from it that person's just getting free sauce i mean my podcast isn't big but i'll be more than happy if you send a product i'll try it and i'll give you my honest opinion on it i'm not gonna bullshit anybody i mean i've been sent sauces i'm very happy and very gracious of them but i'd never asked them to do it you know, it's just something that you get connected with someone and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to send you this. I'm like, cool. And I'll be more than happy to promote it if it's good. And I'll be more than happy to give you some criticism if it's not. But where you got to see your marketing coming in now is not nailing the sauce reviewers. It's not nailing this. It's talking to some people that are chefs on Instagram. There's hashtag chefs. There's ha I've connected two angry cats and a plenty of other people to food truck owners, Vinny subs out in New Jersey, you know, trying to find a way to market their sauce on their food truck, give it to the customers. People are like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's this sauce? Next thing you know, they look you up and they find you. That's a better chance of you getting attention rather than, you know, trying to get some dude putting up sauce reviews on it. Cause what does Instagram really do for people is we scroll through it on our phones and double tap a picture that looks pretty. That's it. There is nothing where you're reading the description of it. It's just, Oh, cool post double click or double tap and then scroll on through. And it makes it difficult, you know, especially when you're a business owner. I mean, it's a great marketing tool to get, you know, it out there when it comes to pictures and videos. But does anybody really look up the actual product? Well, the analytics show it's a very, very small percent. Yeah, right. And I will, I will back you up on what you're saying in that some of the best play that I've gotten is from someone that actually bought hot sauce from me. They didn't ask for a free bottle. They placed an order. They bought some bottles. And these guys are good out there. There's a guy out there, uh, Jim Logreco, buys some sauce. I tried bottles. to get him on he, the podcast at one point. Man, that guy, his picture, the, the food he makes looks like it should be in a food magazine. And, and those pictures with a bottle of my hot sauce sitting there, all of a sudden, I will see a spike in sales. It's not a reviewer. It's an actual guy saying, I made this. I used this. Here it is. And presenting it in a way that it looks like it should be in a food magazine. I mean, that's where I, we get a lot of uh, recognition from that. And, and I, I will be happy then to send that guy something else. Say, hey, man, you bought this bottle. Let me send you another bottle. Uh, of this and try this out. I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah, I mean, if you took a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio and had your sauce in there, you're immediately getting a lot of people buying your hot sauce. I mean, and we had yeah. If you had Matthew McConaughey or something trying your hot sauce, all right, all right, all right. Like if you had yeah. that all happened, you would spark up in popularity. But like. You know, even I get sent sauces or something and it's, I, I will promote, I will do this. I just tell them like, I'm not big, I'm not at all, but I swear to you, you know, what makes me want to buy a product or what makes me want to go after something is when I realize the person that's making it is human. And what I mean by human is relatable, not too big for their ego. I could easily reach out to popular pages, popular people, get them on the podcast. But if I don't connect with that person, if I don't get to talk to them and really feel like I'm in a conversation with them, I don't, I don't care about it that much. You know what I mean? Because it's so easy to lose grasp of 
who you are as a person when you become popular with fame or when you become money, you become too big. I've reached out to people before that have maybe 200 followers on Instagram. And he's like, you know, he's wearing a um, Captain America t-shirt and he's like, sorry, bro. I don't want to be in your podcast. I have 5 million followers and over $6 million. Thanks again though. And I'm like, hang on a second. You just sent a picture <laughs> of yourself eating a hot pocket. Like, I don't think you have $6 million for sure, but it's that inflated ego. You think you're better than people. I tell people, you don't have to send me your degrees. You don't have to send me anything. I get them sent all the time to be a guest or something. I'm like, let's just have a conversation. I mean, I've talked to, I usually try and talk to people that are above the age of 18, just because for legal issues, when it comes to using your voice or something on here, but you know, John Rogers, I had his dad on the podcast and then I had him on, you know, he was just a recent episode. And we're just talking about life, man. It's so simple to have a conversation. You don't need a degree for it. I mean, I'm very happy that you responded and we had this conversation here. I'm happy that you reached out and I got to know somebody that I like, you know, a good guy. I can tell you're not about yourself. You know, you can find that out five minutes into a conversation, you know, and that's what makes me trust a product. That's what makes me promote it. I don't care if, you know, even if I don't like it, I know the person, he's a good dude. And that's what should be promoted out in the world is that there's good people out there making something that a lot of people aren't seeing because they're so used to buying the same factory or main produced thing that gets in everybody's way. Well, I appreciate you reaching out uh, to have me on because that, that is right. A lot of people don't know who I am, who my wife and I are, and that we're behind the way hot sauce company at all. So it's uh, it's a great opportunity that you've given for me to, to you know, have my voice heard and, and let people know who we are. And it's important too. like everyone kind of comes on and, you know, they want to talk about the business. They want to talk about this. And I always tell them it's a conversation. It does end up turning into an interview. That's fine. But it's also about promoting people because we're all out here trying to do something. And we're basically what I would say hustling or we're trying to get something for ourselves in this world where it seems like you're shouting down an empty doorway. I mean, I'm in no way famous. I'm in no way popular. I've said so much stuff on this podcast that if you've probably listened to every single one, I feel very, very sorry for you because um, that's too much of me for anybody. But at the same time, it's enjoyable to find the types of people that you meet in the world. I mean, I started to spark that up more and more and more because when, when would I ever meet you if it wasn't for social media, if it wasn't for this? That's where I see the benefit. I don't know if I'm ever going to come across you in person. I don't know if we'd ever even have a conversation if we did meet. You know what I mean? So many times nowadays, people just want to go on autopilot and do their own thing. And this thing has changed me, much like your hot sauce has changed you. I think that's great because you're right. I mean, here you and I are we're having a conversation. We've never met each other. We've never really even prefaced. You know, we've, we've done no pre-groundwork to this conversation so uh but uh, i'm talking to you like i've known you for a long time and i don't you know we wouldn't probably never run into each other in person so it is a great uh great place to to do it and i will tell you i'm a fan of the podcast you had asked me have i ever listened to it and i have i i do so uh you're doing an excellent thing i love it I really appreciate that, man, too, because, I mean, it's crazy to see where it goes. It's crazy to see, like, I've talked to so many hot sauce people out there, and, you know, I've reached out to some big guys in the chili community, too, but what's most interesting about it is the fact is 
it's so beneficial to see everybody kind of working together, more of a community aspect, which is like a good thing to bring up when we're sell, talking about selling hot sauce. You know, uh, Jeff, what he does is he goes to conventions. He goes to things that he enjoys and tries to market it there too. set up a little table or stand. It's the same thing you should be doing. You know, you should be going out and setting up something, getting involved in community events. I mean, it's the whole reason my uncle owns a tattoo shop. And he goes on giant community organization bike runs for cancer, all these other types of things. And he just says, yeah, this is my shop. Check it out if you want. That's, it's that simple. It's that, it's, it's no shoving it in your face, trying to sell like, let me, let, let me tell you this. Let me say that. Let me say, no, no, no. It's the easiest way is just to tell people like I tell people when I'm on a podcast or um, I'm guesting somewhere. It's out of the blank. Look it up. That's how I promote myself because if you truly care and you actually want to listen to it, you'll look it up. Yeah, that's right. And I will tell you, we do things like that. We do go set a little table up. We go to some farm markets and, and that. Uh, but there's something to what you're saying. Uh, I've got a buddy who's a farmer, and he is telling me how cutthroat the farming community is. And I said, I thought farmers loved each other. And he said, no, no. I get calls, you know, saying, are you organic? You can't say you're organic, growing organic vegetables unless you're FDA approved. And we're going to turn you in. And he said, well, I am. I have an application pending uh, with the Department of Agriculture, not the FDA. But uh, I said, that's the craziest thing because hot sauce people and pepperheads, the opposite they fall all over themselves to help each other out giving each other ideas and, and i love that and that's just um what i've talked about before is kind of it's the start of this it's the start of this hashtag it's the start it, 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 what you the pepper community what the barbecue community which there are some people in the barbecue community that don't like other people that's just how it works um these certain hashtags, whether it's ice community, whatever you want to talk about that I've been involved in, the food community, whatever, it's very, very in the new stages, I would say. It's not like super, super huge. Like if you look towards a uh, hashtag like podcasting, if you look towards a hashtag like um, bodybuilding, any of these giant things that are huge that have been involved and been so filled up for so long, there's a lot of hate there. There's a lot of competition. It's what happens when community gets too big. You start to find other ways of poking and prying and critiquing everybody's style, which is it's going to happen eventually to the hot sauce community. It will happen when it gets big enough, but it's at the infant stages right now. And right now it's filled with love. And I think that's the most beneficial thing because who the hell grows in darkness, you know, maybe a fungus or something, but we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're people. We're meant to care for each other. And when we lose sight of that aspect, I'm more than happy to help somebody um, get up on a higher pedestal than me if they, if that's what they if they want to rush there to get for I'm never going to step on somebody's throat to get somebody or get somewhere I could never do that in a business that's why I probably wouldn't be a good company owner it's just our the way our world works is it's a factory lifestyle you got to do what you got to do to get ahead even if you got to cut out the little guy and I'm not about it me either I I think that that's uh that's well put I mean I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to be the biggest hot sauce company out there. I'm, but if there are, I know there are people that want to be the biggest and the best and I want to be the best. I just don't need to be the biggest and, and more power to those guys that 
that uh, are running those giant operations, man, that's tough. It's, it's, I'm humbled by it. And even when we talk about like returning customers or something, the best thing about when you make an experience with a customer or you're a small town business and you really connect with your audiences, they're going to return to you. They're not just going to try it and be like, okay, you could be popular. You know, you can have Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, drinking your hot sauce or something. You're going to get a million buys. It's going to be amazing. But then is that number going to stay? Probably not because he's going to move on to the next thing. He's going to find something else and people are going to buy that. They're like, even though the hot sauce was good, I still like what Leo's doing. You just bought a Ferrari. So I'm going to go sell my kids to get a Ferrari. Yeah, that's a, that's a business, right? Uh, being an influencer like that. I mean, I guess if you've got enough followers and you're famous enough, you can charge to, to be a reoccurring, uh, you know, product promoter yeah i mean um, food reviewers technology yeah. reviewers social media influencers it's a weird market in a weird world we're living in that the fact that that's now a thing now but i mean it's the way the world works and trying to be a business owner and finding the ways to navigate this weird and ever so changing society that we're living in it's tricky and that's where tips come in you know you got to look to other people for tips too i don't have any marketing tips at all i just have ideas or thoughts that i've kind of observed and, you know, it's if you want to take them, run with them. Good. I hope your company does amazing. And just through talking with you, David, like I, I, I know it sounds uh, a little bit like, um, you know, kissing your ass here, but I really appreciate you because you did the podcast. You know, you came out, you talked about what you're interested in. And I love hearing that it's a passion, not just a project or not just, a, you know, a money scheme. It's a passion. First and foremost, it really is. And, uh, if I can make a couple of bucks on the side doing it, great. Uh, but it, it, it's not my full-time job. Um, it, it's just something I love to do. And I really want to give you here a minute at the end to be able to promote your content to tell people where they can find your sauce and be able to reach out and maybe buy some too. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you can pick it up on our website. It's getwayhot.com. Uh, or you can pick it up on Amazon. It's available on Amazon, and uh, those two places are the main uh, avenues to, to get your hands on it. Okay. Now, if you're going to recommend the sauce for me buying, what am I getting here? I like that. Love it first. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a bottle, and uh, I already know based on what you told me what I'll send you. So is it a small child? Wait for it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right i've reached like uh, people are like what's your address i gotta send you sauce and then i'm so like i just give it out and i'm like wait a minute are you sending me nudes or are you coming to kill me i'm like i hope it's something different <laughs> <laughs> yeah just uh text me over your address and i will uh that bottle be on its way right on man i appreciate it and thank you so much for listening to this episode of out of the blank podcast and if everyone listening check out david's site check out his page check out his sauces i mean because who doesn't like a little spice to their life?